0: Hi, welcome to Live Your Bloom podcast. My guest today is somebody really special to me. He's a friend, but he's also known worldwide as the bass player, former bass player for the Four Seasons. Um, I'm just going to bring him right on and let him tell his story. Hi, thank you for coming today. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for asking me. So how long have we known each other, Joe?
1: Oh, my goodness. Uh, I left the seasons in 76, and I met you about the same time, so yeah, we
0: were, yeah, yeah. So before we get into all of that, we'll just get into just a little bit of your background. Um, a lot of people know it, and some people don't. I think it's really fascinating. So you came from what town?
1: Uh, Elizabeth, New Jersey, the Queen City of the East.
0: And so, uh, what was your musical background? Your training? Well, I, I started
1: taking accordion lessons when I was six years old. I could barely lift it or anything. Uh, and uh, uh, kept with, kept up with the lessons through my mid-teens. Then got interested in girls and baseball. That's that's always a way to stop music, right? Girls and baseball. Yeah. But uh, at about I guess I was a little over eighteen, I had a pretty uh, severe accident to my left hand during a long, long period of of convalescence, and 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 you know. Uh, physical therapy operation surgery uh, I renewed my interest in music um, but I couldn't play keyboards anymore because of the the damage left hand and so I picked up a bass an upright at the time and began listening to the radio and playing along with it I already knew how to read music so I could I could acclimate myself you know fairly easily on the fingerboard of the bass and I began playing with uh, with the radio and then when I was well enough to uh, to break out again you know into the real, real world um, I, uh, I began playing uh, professionally.
0: No, I mean, bands um, in your school? Did you have friends who were in bands? Then? Yeah, I did.
1: I did. Yeah, I, uh, you know,
0: I was, I was in
1: that little group of musicians, uh, although I wasn't that active in high school, uh, but I hung with musicians and, and baseball players. And <laughs> so uh, then after, <clears throat> after I began playing professionally, uh, having rekindled the interest in music, uh, I began studying again. But this time a bass i studied concert bass for a while <clears throat> and um i guess i had a, a an idea that i might make it as a classical bassist. but the rigors of of, of concert music were just too much for my left hand um so i i, I ditched the upright all together and uh, bought a fender uh, yeah. playing rock and roll and uh, things got a lot easier after that
0: yeah but they did i bet they did yeah, do. yeah. Um, so you were uh, gigging in different places, and uh, then you got the call for the audition, yeah. exactly. Of your life, right? Exactly what happened. I was, in fact, I was working
1: uh, with your husband, I was working with Alfred and Toli, uh, in a band, uh, and, uh, and I got a call from Tommy DeVito, the founding uh, member of the Four Seasons guitar player, and told me that their uh, bass player had left abruptly, Nick Messi had left abruptly, mm-hmm. no, no warning. And they needed a guy to, to replace him, and he was—I was recommended by a mutual friend, a guy named Frankie Fame, who was my agent at the time. Who was also booking the four—the Four Seasons on, on local uh, concerts, local, you know, Jersey concerts. And he told Tommy that he thought he had the uh, a, a replacement guy, played bass, uh, sang, you know, with a kind of a, a husky voice. Sounds like a boy's got a cold. <laughs> uh, and uh, Tommy wanted to hear me, and, uh, and you know, things just kind of worked out.
0: Sure did. Did, yeah. you have to, did you have to audition on a very difficult song, or did they test you on, on your harmony parts, or? Uh, yeah, they did both. Uh, Tommy, Tommy was,
1: uh, Tommy was, Tommy was, Tommy was a rough. You know, he, he loved he loved to break them. You know, he, he was he was a rough guy. So when I met him, when I met him at at uh, the music studio in a music store in in Belleville, and I'm a left-handed bass player, by the way, because of the accident. Uh, and I didn't take my bass with me. So uh, we talked for a while. And then he said, uh, uh, I want you to play me something. I said, well, Tom, I'm sorry. I don't I don't have my bass with me. And he pointed to the wall. He said, there's 20 of them up there hanging up there. He said, pick one, take one. Of them. I said, Tom, I'm left-handed. I can't, you know, you're a piano player, Charmin. So I take the piano keyboard and turn it get up, you know, put them all the high keys on the left and, you know, it's, it's almost impossible. Yeah. But he wanted me to play. He insisted. So, uh, the only thing I could think of was play the blues, and mm-hmm. you know, easy to okay. get around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, I did a couple of choruses of, of just the blues. Then he said, Sing. So, so I started singing in uh, Kansas City, going through Kansas City. Kansas, you know. <laughs> the other question was harmony, parts. He said, All right, I, I want you to meet the other guys. And that would be Frank Valley, Frankie Valley, and Bob Gordia. Sure. The next day, I went to Tommy's house in Belleville, New Jersey. I'm sorry, he was living by that time in Montclair, New Jersey. And uh, Frankie and Bobby were there. And Bobby said, Here, sing this, sing that, play this, you know. And it was Red doll that he was laying out some parts for. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, he, uh, and, you know, when it was all over, he said, uh, Yeah, I, I, you know, we, we kind of like what you're doing. He says, So if you want the gig, it's yours. He says, But by the way, are you familiar with the four seasons? Now, Charmin, remember I told you before I, you know I was I was not a rock and roll player you know I, I played some rock after i after I got better you know with the hand act, hand accident but prior to that i I listened mostly to jazz but I didn't want to lose this gig so I said, oh the four seasons I said this is my favorite band in the whole world I said in fact your record don't hang on is my favorite He said well it, it's less hang on he said but you got the gig anyway so
0: so I know that you did um I know that you did some conducting for the seasons too. Right. Did you study that? Did you go back to school again? Or how did that come about? I was taking some, I was taking some classes, um,
1: uh, mail, mail uh, I forgot what you call those things, but uh, you know, uh, over through the mail. With, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why couldn't I think of that? Berkeley College up in Boston, very good school. And yeah. so I took some lessons in uh, dance band arranging and, and, and conducting. Um, so I had, you know, and then the fact that I could read, uh, you know, since I was a kid, um, mm-hmm. I was, I was able to read a score. And mm-hmm. uh, so, um, so yeah, you know, I had, I had not actual tra- uh, experience, but I had plenty of training and, you know, I knew, I knew the mechanics of doing it. Um, and, uh, uh you want me to follow through on this show? Cause you know, one, one more point I'd like to make mm-hmm. one, the Loose hotel in Detroit, a beautiful hotel uh nightclub i'm sorry and they had a we were gonna break in the big band book arrangement big band charts mm-hmm. so uh and there was a there was a 12 or 13 piece orchestra there mm-hmm. got there for the rehearsal the leader said well i can't conduct it i don't know anything about it." so gordia so well, go, joe Long, you know how to do it you do it right that was it right like so i rehearsed the band and conducted the show and from then on i acted as
0: their conductor See that's called preparation and opportunity. The opportunity came up, and you were ready to go there you go the whole the whole thing in life be
1: prepared
0: now we've talked about this before uh how we both like to study and and get theory and knowledge. but do you think uh with today's artists that it's as necessary? Do you think uh, that uh, a lot of these new artists are um Edu- you know, trained musically, they know their theory, they know their chords, or is no. it a different game now?
1: That's a great question. And and, I, and I'm ambivalent about the answer, because one side of me says, study, learn all you can, mm. uh, know every facet of what you're doing. Mm. The other side of me says, but, you know, if you want to make a quick living, you, do you really need all of that? So I think, yeah. I, I think the happy medium is to to study enough so that you've got more than just a a casual working knowledge of your instrument or of your craft. Um, Mm -hmm. Know a little bit more about it than just going out there and then feeling your way through. Um, It it, it, it does my heart good, though, when I do see kids who are still serious and still studying Mm -hmm. and still making that good music. You know kids playing classic playing classical strings or, or some young kid playing drums you know playing the heck out of those things so I know that the kids are still there is an element of uh, out there that is still serious mm-hmm. and they still want to study mm-hmm. well I admire those people and, and I guess my general uh, advice to all all young people is study as much as you can, get as much education, as much learning as you can, as much practical experience as you can, and then go out.
0: And nowadays they have to combine it with the whole digital aspect of, you know, but I've always, I I agree with you on that. I'm ambivalent because Mm -hmm. many people are very successful and really good writers and really don't have a lot of musical training. So, um, but that wasn't our experience, so. You
1: know, well, we lived in a different a different time when when you, you had a if you really wanted to get past just you know playing the gigs in the in the local joints you had a, you had a, to get that to go that extra step you had to know a little bit more and yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Um, what were some of the highlights of of the seasons like what what was something that was just me- completely memorable to you um, I'll start off with the
1: most memorable. Because you mentioned conducting before, and um, we were lucky enough in '69 uh, to be approached by Frank Sinatra, and he asked us to tour with him, and we did that for the better part of a year, most of '69. And Sinatra used to use an orchestra. In fact, he he used the best the best gang of musicians that I've ever heard in my entire in ten lifetimes. He, these guys were magnificent. Mm-hmm. and and that orchestra played the whole show played our show Sinatra show there was a comic in the middle uh, but uh we had our key guys our drummer our guitar player uh our key mm-hmm. horns um, but other than that we used their orchestra so i got to conduct the frank sinatra orchestra <laughs> for months and uh, wow. and wow. Oh, man, i was like i was oh my god but uh, you know going down the list uh we played Carnegie Hall three times. You know, you know how do you, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice. Well, we you know we we played it and it was it was marvelous. Madison Square Garden, eight or nine times. Uh, uh, in fact, in 1971, we filled it twice in one year. We were the first act to do that. So, so yeah, there were a lot of great experiences, great, great memories, you know. I hope you have some great pictures. Uh yeah, I do. There's there's, there's one on the wall. You know, it'd be tough to show it now, but it's back there. Yeah. Me at a rehearsal conducting
0: Sinatra. Oh sorry. God, that's a great one. Oh, I'll send it to you, Sean. Yeah, please do. Please do. So I'm gonna skip now to when you left the seasons and uh who did you come back to work with? You Oh, <laughs> well, I, I had just met you through Alfred. I, well,
1: Al, your, your husband Alfred Natal and I go back to the mid '50s. We we're older than dirt, and, uh, and you know, he he had his little local band. I had my local band, and uh, and we got to know each other because musicians get to know each other, you know, like old, like doctors know doctors, lawyers know you know, right. So, and uh, so I knew Al, who was Al Mit back then. Uh, I knew Al. Uh, from back then, and and uh, we got tight. And in fact, when he married and and had his first child, I christened his daughter.
0: Um, mm-hmm. his godfather. Um, Andrea, yeah. Andrea, what did I say? Uh, you didn't. I just <laughs> filled, filled it in. <laughs>
1: other way, other way, I gave a wrong word, wrong name. Um, but um, when I left the seasons, he had he was working with you, um, and. A very successful local band. Uh, 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 was it? Uh, uh, I forgot the oh, name. Um, Chelsea, Warehouse or? Chelsea Warehouse. Chelsea uh, Warehouse. Chelsea yeah. Warehouse. Yeah. Um, he and I had the idea of, of putting something together uh, and, and using Chelsea as, as the seating for the for the for the musicians.
0: Yeah.
1: And you came along for the ride. You Well,
0: I had just joined Chelsea, so I I wasn't in Chelsea. Oh, okay. Not, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he always says, you know, uh, up until you came in the group, we went to Florida every winter. But once you came in the group, all the good stuff stopped. Kidding. <laughs> we stopped making money. <laughs> but at that time, the business supported these big show bands. There was a lot of places to play. We went on the road. Yep. Uh, different times, just a lot of work. Absolutely. You know, there were times we were working seven nights a week. We were yep. working with cocktail hours. And even Alfred and I talk about, we were working this after the hours joint that was from two to six in the morning. I mean, just a lot of work, you know, so, exactly. yeah. And seven piece bands, 10 piece bands. It was, and we used to all go out and support each other. On all night. Off- oh, yeah. yeah, 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 So it was like a, a friendly competition, you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, that we were, yeah. And if you worked a club
1: that closed, let's say at 2 a.m., but there were clubs in the next county that closed at three mm-hmm. or four, all the bands that finished the two would run out to the other clubs and right. you know, watch. Yeah. So, yeah it was it was a whole it was a great yeah. uh, great atmosphere back then for musicians
0: so we had a run with that we did some recording and then we changed it drastically because atlantic city opened up yes and that was a, a fun that was a fun group
1: that uh, i i I've, i think i've told you this in the past sharman if i haven't i'm telling you now uh i've been playing music professionally since 1954 or five that's a lot of years mm-hmm. and i've been through all kinds of i played with all kinds of bands and singers and played shows dancers and magicians and jugglers played everything the band that we put together after the rock band after joe long and the Bray show uh Jersey Bounce. I guess you want, you know.
0: You Jersey Bounce, yeah.
1: That was the most fun I ever had playing with a band. That, I still think of that band as my favorite band that I've ever played with. Uh, it was fun. The musicians, you know, it was great. Uh, uh, the, 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 we worked so hard. We were. We were okay. hard.
0: What? Oh no!
1: Yeah, but that yeah. was the kind of band you couldn't just you couldn't just do head arrangements and throw it out on stage.
0: No, no, it wasn't just dual harmony. We were doing four-part yeah. harmony, and yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. How, how many afternoons did we spend at your house? Hours rehearsing.
0: Vocal? Hours. Hours. No. And I would say everybody bought a tape, a cassette tape recorder, because what? that's what it was. You know, remember
1: just recording your part, take it home. Yeah, yeah, uh,
0: yeah. that 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 was.
1: But, but see, the results. Yeah. Prove that we we're, were on the right track. I mean, I mean, we, you know, we, we remember, we we just did something that no other band was doing in the area.
0: No other band. Right. And the first uh, gig we had down Atlantic City. Remember, on the rotating stage, yeah. four freshmen, Maxine Brown, Bill Doggett. <laughs> the <jersey down. laughs> and John Hendricks was on there too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we held our own. You know, we, we held our own. own. Yeah, it was uh, quite an experience. You know, we were all dressed in the the right clothes yeah, because yeah, yeah. You know, hunting down the vintage clothes of which there was yeah. an abundance. Yeah. White tails. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and, and I'll,
1: if you if you haven't if you haven't uh, thought about this one for a while, I'll refresh your memory. We were doing a gig in in. Uh, Bloomfield, New Jersey, uh-huh. or somewhere around here, and and there was a benefit going on in one of the clubs, yeah, at another club, and we were asked to uh, to go down there and maybe do a set, yeah, and, and and we walked in and it was loud rock music, you know, it was fine. Yeah. It, we did, so we got up there, you know, acoustic piano, uh, drums, uh, uh, Al playing tenor, which nobody heard, you know, nobody even knew what a, what a sax was, let alone tenor sax. And me playing upright. Um and tail and paint upright, yeah. remember? Yeah. yeah. So we we went into the dri- ba- bar- and I, I remember the right. looking up
0: and saying what is what that? The- By the time, that? time we're done, they gave us a standing ovation. I remember that we went to the jetty. We, it was at the jetty we went in, and there was oh, the bit oh my god. Yeah, yeah <that> we had this whole thing. Well it was yeah. hard, hard harmony, but what a uh, an experience uh, for me to learn how to arrange it. And, and oh, to, yeah,
1: I learned yeah. so much. Yeah, you, you, you cut your teeth with, on that band.
0: Well, I was driving to Queens at the time to take lessons with a guy named Bob Bianco with the um, oh the Schillinger method of theory. Oh, yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> it's what I used to do. I used to do this. And yeah. yeah, but that's how I learned. And then I just used to transcribe stuff off the record. And that's how we learned, you know. We, right. had, we had our time in that. We had we, we had a good time with that group. and yeah, we
1: yeah. we got to play good music. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's just it was
0: so. As I said,
1: my favorite band, a band yeah. that I still think of and. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. But now I'm gonna I'm gonna segue now to because this show is about live your bloom and it's for people like our age, younger or older, but mostly people going through a transition. Yeah. that are like on the fence about what do I do next? Mm-hmm. And what are my interests? Not everything we want to do to bloom has to has to make money for us. Sometimes it's just, this is what our interest is. You know, um, what do I like to do? I know someone who just likes to do mosaic, she doesn't want to make money from it, but she just likes to do it. So you have a certain hobby that surprised me. I would love for you to share that with the listeners.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I'm at the flight simulation. Uh, <laughs> And that's a weird one. I know. Uh, back in the '70s, I've, I've, first of all, I've been a, an aviation freak since I was a little boy. I could I name every single airplane. I could, I, you know, like kid, most kids will say, "Well, that's a Buick, that's a Chevy." You know, I could say, "Well, that's a B, P-38, that's a B-52." You know, I knew them all. Yeah. And and I was lucky enough in, in the 1970s uh, to actually take flying lessons. Uh, mm-hmm. Got my certificate. Came close but the rigors of the road and i spent so much time away from my teacher away from you know home uh, yeah. and i, I was unable to, to to complete the the the, the, uh, the uh course and it saved that you know and so i just forgot about it for a while but then back in the late 80s uh flight simulation on the, on the pc on the computer uh w- was born and and i i oh wow flying an airplane on your computer and i did that since then it's, it's come such a long way uh, so that today you can actually uh, pick a plane, plan a flight, pick an airport, pick weather, uh, you can, uh, choose a flight plan, create a flight plan. Do the whole thing from, you know, from the very inception, picking an airplane to uh, flying the route and the landing at, at your destination. Uh, and so I really got involved in it. And that's what I do. I spend hours, hours. At the computer, flying uh, different kinds of airplanes, different kinds of scenarios, uh, and, and I'll tell you, Sean, and, and I think this goes for like the person with the mosaics and everyone else. You keep that muscle up there, cooking, working, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it'll it'll put you in good stead. It'll it'll have it'll have uh, rewards, and so that's what I do now. I I love to fly on my computer, you know
0: it's good um so what did you have to get did you have to get the the wheel the, the what did you get
1: yeah yeah well first of all the software now i've got four different simulator programs and uh, they and, and and they're relatively expensive uh then i had to buy uh, uh hotas h-o-t-a-s uh uh, uh equipment that's a a, 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 thr- a throttle uh, uh, uh i had to buy foot pedals then i've also got a yoke some maybe you've seen been in small airplanes we have it looks like a little steering wheel like a half a steering wheel i bought that and uh, i've got i've got some of the stuff set up permanently on my desk other stuff depending on the plan i'm flying I, I import some of the stuff from my closet hook it up and and, and that's what i fly so yeah i've got a, i've got quite an investment in, in uh in uh equipment yeah
0: well you know that's the thing too is a lot of people feel like at a certain point i'm not going to invest all this money in myself because all it's going to do is make me happy I'm like, what's wrong with that? You know, uh, you know, happier people are more open-minded in many ways, more gracious, more ki- they're kinder. They're a happy person is the kind of person I want to be around. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, so um, I thank you for sharing that, and uh, because it's inspirational. To yeah, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to do it, and have no guilt whatsoever. Just <laughs> have <to protect>
1: <laughs> You know, my kids walk in. And say, what are you doing? Are, you, are
0: you wasting all? And
1: I, I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm 34,000 feet over Detroit. I'm always, <laughs> all right, leave me alone.
0: <laughs> That's great, Joe. That's great. Well, listen, I'm going to wrap this up, and thank you so much for coming on. It's always good to talk to you anyway, but uh, you are launching my podcast. So oh, okay. I had to do <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fireworks. So I thank you so much, and I'm going to put... Actually, it's a podcast, but if it should ever go on uh, YouTube in any other way, I just want to put that if someone wants to reach you, they can go to your real name, Joe